Welcome to the Chocolate Cake Bites podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss the sweet nuggets of goodness that come from living the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Ken Williams. The opinions, attitudes, thoughts, and ideas that we discuss are those of the hosts and guests and are not necessarily a reflection of the actual doctrines of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's conversation. We are excited to be back, and this time it's an old voice. Not as old as mine. <laughs> it's, it's, I was going to say, are you calling me old? <laughs> I'm not calling you old. I'm We're calling you old. We're not even 30 seconds I'm, into the, the thing and you're starting to make fun of me. I'm not, I'm not making fun very much. I was hoping that that would just slip by and you wouldn't even notice it. Uh, so we have CJ back with us. And I'm exci- excited to talk to CJ again because it's been a while, number one. And number two, uh, it's always great talking to CJ. We have great conversations. He has great insights, and I am excited about this. This is something we kind of hinted about uh, a long time ago. And uh, it got a, a text message from JLo's wife, who is Sarah. Sarah um, makes wonderful chocolate chip cookies, and she shared some cookies with us, I think it was last week, which was super great. And I shared some cake with her because that's what I have to share. <laughs> and so I just asked her what. Uh, uh, if she had any thoughts, any ideas for future episodes. Well, Sarah and I have, we've known each other for a lot of years, and there is a story that I probably will get details wrong about, but that's okay. Guess what? This is my podcast, not yours, Sarah. So you just start your own podcast. You can tell the story right if you <laughs> if you need to. And so her her suggestion was, let's talk about patience. And I think that's a great topic to discuss because there's so many ways, so many different places we can go with this. And a lot, a lot of years ago, Sarah was the ward music chair, and I was in the bishopric. I think I was uh, actually the ward clerk at the time. And so I was the person that she would reach out to if she wasn't getting a response from the counselors or from the bishop, as she would ask them for who was speaking. I don't know that she cared so much about who was speaking, but she wanted to know about the topics. She really liked to coordinate the messages that the speakers were sharing with the messages in the hymns that she chose. And so she tried to coordinate that with them. Sometimes, as is often the case, the counselor in the bishopric, counselors in the bishopric would be slow to get back to her. And so she would reach out to me. I was kind of her backup plan. And I remember one day I got a, a message, what's the, uh, what's the topic for this Sunday? And so I responded. I was super helpful, not thinking about how my response might have been perceived, but I responded with one word. I was trying to be as efficient as possible, and I replied with the word patience. And I learned later on that she read that as chill, Sister Lopez, relax. Don't worry so much about getting the answer right now. And she got fired up and started sending or started typing up a um, very... (laughs) I'm not sure what words she would use, but I think as I've heard her tell the story, uh, maybe aggressive response that, uh, don't you dare tell me to to take a chill pill. Don't you dare talk to me like that. And then in the meantime, while she's typing this response, she gets a message from the counselor of the bishopric, Sister Lopez, the topic for this Sunday is patience. And it totally changed what my message meant to her 
And it just has become a, uh, a great inside joke between the two of us that that uh, the word patience just uh, makes us both smile. It's been super fun as I've had di- uh, v- different callings in the bishopric and the high council, and I've, I've had opportunities to uh, set her apart to different callings as well. Um, and there may have been some blessings in there as well. Every time, every time uh, I've talked to the past about my experience giving blessings and, and I just try to share, try to put into words the impressions that I get. But every single time, the when the impression to uh, bless her with patience comes up, I just, I think about that and it just makes me smile. So patience, <laughs> as one of the most patient people I know, CJ, I know you... <laughs> Are you referring to yourself there? I'm not, I'm not. No, I'm not saying I'm patient. I'm saying you're patient. You're super patient. Have oh. to deal with people like me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you need to spend more time with me. I am <laughs> the epitome of not patient. Oh my goodness! I think that's true for a lot of us that we're just not quite where we are. In fact, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were talking about about patience. And one of my favorite moments in film is in the movie Evan Almighty. And every time I hear somebody talking about they need to pray for patience, I think about that. Have you seen the movie? I have, yeah. So the the scene where God is talking to Evan's wife and he's teaching her, I think this is doctrinally sound, he's teaching her that when we pray for patience, God doesn't give us patience. He gives us opportunities to be patient. And so I'm mm. super careful <laughs> about praying for patience because I'm not sure I want patience that badly. I have enough kids and enough things going on at work that I don't need to ask for it. I'm getting I'm getting the opportunities to be patient anyways. But Sarah, I hope I told the story correctly. I hope I was close enough in some of the details that uh, patience, um, super, <laughs> super enter- entertaining topic to consider. So let's start out, CJ talking about patience. What is what is the reason that we should even care about being patient or about developing our patience? I think that there are several reasons to do it. Some of them more earthly reasons to do it. And of course, the more important is the eternal reason to do it. Uh, I currently uh, work at a call center. And for those that have not had the opportunity to ever work at a call center, I think everybody should have to do it. <laughs> it's a great uh, fast food and call centers are the two things that everybody should be required to do. Because uh, um, both of those build uh, patience yes. and erode patience <laughs> all at the same time. <laughs> That's true. So um, people can tell uh, when you're speaking with them, Uh, how patient you are. Mm -hmm. Um, I can think of uh, two individuals that you and I both know. I won't mention their names, uh, but always admired them. They're just the way they spoke. You could tell that they were uh, hard to get riled up, patient people. Mm -hmm. And I've always admired that of those two brethren and, uh, So it comes across in the way that you communicate one with another. So in an earthly, 
you know, perspective. We should treat each other with kindness. And, and a lot of that is being patient with one another. True. Um, ignoring things that we should ignore and, and focusing on what's really important. And then, of course, <laughs> I think of how patient Heavenly Father must be with me uh, as he continually shakes his head at me and says, oh, there he goes again. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I think of how patient my Heavenly Father and my Savior are with me. Mm-hmm. And the scriptures uh, certainly teach us that, uh, you know, in forgiveness and, and and in our repentance, how many times the Lord will forgive us of the same stupid mistakes that CJ does over and over again. And uh, how patient they must be to say, you know, I know you can do better. Mm-hmm. You know, why aren't you doing it? And kind of the same thoughts that I'm sure you and I have both had uh, with our kids from right. time to time. You know, uh, hey, I know you can do better than this. Mm-hmm. What's the deal? And uh, and yet our Heavenly Father shows the ultimate patience in allowing us to work through those things um, as we see fit with his help, hopefully, but uh, alone, if, if that's what we insist on as well. So the, it's it's that's interesting to me because we were talking, I think it was as we were talking to Krista last week about um, the atonement and how how patient our Father in Heaven is with us. It's something that is is interesting or has been interesting for me to consider is the idea that, or the, maybe it's the juxtaposition. I'm just going to throw big words out there every once in a while so it sounds like I know what I'm talking about. And um, irregardless is one word that I try to use every episode. But the juxtaposition of the feelings that I think I naturally have about where I am and where I should be on a, on a spiritual growth um, continuum and how much I beat myself up because I'm not where I think I should be. Meaning I may have um, unkind thoughts about somebody or I may say something in, a, in a, an unkind way to a member of my family or I may do something that is not, uh, th- that, I, that I, I know better. Um, and how, how much it seems to me, as I think about that, how frustrated or how upset or how impatient my father in heaven should be for me. But then when I, I kind of overlay the, the beliefs that I have about the atonement, about the, the plan that he has for us, that this is all not a surprise. It's, the fact that we're going to make mistakes is, that's just part of the plan. It's not that he expects us to be perfect and then we have to repent when we're not. It's he knows we're not going to be perfect. And the purpose of repentance is, and I think this is an interesting, maybe an interesting conversation or a topic to explore is why do we repent? But I think the purpose of repentance is not to somehow undo what we've done. I think it's to change us so that we don't want to do what we've done. It's that change of heart that that's the real purpose of repentance. I think that's when you get to a point where you've changed your heart, that's when you've truly repented. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think you bring up an excellent point. Um, And I think this applies to most people. The person that we're, 
most impatient with very oftentimes is ourselves. I think so. I think you're right. And that can be so destructive um, to our spirits, uh, to ourselves physically and mentally. Mm -hmm. um, I think we need to be more patient with everybody around us, but that we should also make sure to be more patient with the person staring back at us in the mirror every right. day. I agree. And it's, I think that's, that's a challenge that I'm not sure I figured out how to, how to get there yet. How do I have patience with myself? How do I have patience with others? And are they, are they somehow linked to each other? You know, sometimes I think they are um, those that, but uh, what am I trying to say? I think though that I've seen people that have an extreme amount of patience with others mm -hmm. and then are really tough on themselves. And, you know, that is uh, definitely not what the Lord his plan is mm -hmm. um, we need to be just as patient with ourselves as we are with others and understanding that um, even though we know ourselves better than anybody else, we should be patient and forgiving of ourselves as well. That's I, th I want to say that that's true. I, I want to say that I believe that. And so I will, <laughs> but the question then is, how do I how do I really believe that? How do I put that into my actual practice in my life, where I'm, I'm, because what we talked about last week with Krissa was, uh, as an example, she was telling about on her mission. The mission rule was she was supposed to be up out of bed at uh, six thirty in the morning, and there were times that she didn't quite make it, and th those days were kind of. I think she described it as they were ruined for her. she just for the whole day she was constantly beating herself about up about it. So I think that does a couple destructive things, but if, if I do something that is not perfect, if I make a mistake in some way, I um, ex express my anger to somebody in a, in a way that's not constructive, or if I, whatever it is that I do this, that's not right, it's so easy for me to to beat myself up about it how do i what's what amount of beating myself up is appropriate because i don't know that it's also i i don't know that it's right for me to just pretend that it never happened so what's the right level of of um letting it go and being, being okay with it versus not being okay with it and trying to move forward. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. And I think um, your reference to Carissa's uh, podcast last week um, is perfect because as in all things, I think this directly ties back into the atonement. Mm -hmm. And I think the better we understand the atonement, and repentance the more patient we will be with ourselves and with others as we 
better understand, uh, as you mentioned before, this isn't a surprise that all of us need repentance, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the whole purpose of Christ's mission on earth and his continued mission now that he provided that and continues to provide guidance and counsel to us on an individual basis. And, and I think that can be our guide to, you know, how much do we need to worry about something? If it's getting up out of bed, I think you, you tell the Lord, you know, if you're supposed to be out at a certain time on, as a missionary, and it's one of the mission rules, you, you tell the Lord you're sorry and, you know, kind of wait for that. It's okay. Try harder tomorrow and, mm -hmm. and let it go. Right. There's not much you can do about it. It's right. done where there are other things where the Lord says, well, no, I really, really want you to think about what you've done here. Um, you know, I think about my kids and some of the mistakes that they've made mm -hmm. and, you know, sometimes you brush it off and you say, Hey, it happens. Don't worry about it. You know, let's move on and forget. And then there's other things where I sit them down and we have nice long conversations. And I'm like, Hey, what could you have done differently to make this situation better? Um, and so I think that we need to be cognizant of, you know, how serious a transgression have we done? Mm -hmm. um, now all transgressions are going to, lead to separation from God, but there are some that are require, I think, more reflection and, and uh, thought process in the repentance process, you know, uh, if you're late to a, a meeting by a minute or two, that's a relatively minor compared to, you know, any number of sins that, that could really damage you in the long run. Right. So, and it reminds me, uh, so I had two thoughts, but then that last comment reminds me of something that Annette had said a few weeks ago, and Annette, um, this is continuing the streak of using your name in the in the podcast, but she said, she talked about a lesson that she was in one time where several sins were ranked, or the, the attempt was made to rank those sins, which is the, the least worst and which is the most worst. And the, the bottom line is they're all going to separate us from God. There's not a sin that we can commit that is okay, quote unquote, that that God can allow us to to um, to live in His presence with, and so there's there's something to to work on there. But one of the thoughts that I had as you were explaining your your uh, thoughts on that, CJ, were that number one, I wonder how intent plays into this, and I will admit that there are times. That I will, um, I'll make mistakes inadvertently, or there are things that just uh, I may blurt something out uh, that's unkind, or I may uh, say or do something that's not that's not right. Um, but there are also times where I will um, make the decision to do something that I know is, is, uh, offensive to the spirit, uh, whether that's, uh, I'll, I'll be sarcastic to somebody at work or to somebody at home or I'll, whatever, whatever it is, I'll make the calculated decision that I'll do something that I know is wrong, 
but there's just something about it that's so satisfying that I just, <laughs> I don't, maybe I'm the only one who does this. I don't think so. But, um, so I wonder if, if there's something in there that, uh, that has to do with intent that oversleeping a few minutes, there's no intent to do that. But this, this calculated, what can I say or what can I do that's going to really provide the dig that I want or whatever the situation may be. Um, I suspect that there's something different between those two. They're both sinful. They're both uh, unacceptable to God. But but I suspect that the intentional commission or omission of a sin is um, somehow different. I'm not sure that I would say more severe or worse, but certainly there's a difference that that may play into our uh, our need to be our, our need to repent or our the process that we might go through for repentance, but also uh, how that plays into our uh, how how we exercise patience with ourselves. I completely agree. The first thing that came to my mind uh, when you started talking about intent, uh, my oldest, who you know, um, <laughs> and who will talk your ear off about all sorts of things that he finds terribly interesting, uh, is taking a law class this year in his senior oh, year wow. of high school. And one of the first days, they talked specifically about intent. Okay. So if I kill somebody, there is a huge difference between being premeditated and intentional mm-hmm. versus, and, and there are, forgive me any lawyers out there, um, <laughs> I intentionally make fun of lawyers all the time, but if you're listening, I don't know the right words for <laughs> they probably uh, what it. the law says. <laughs> but, uh, but there's a huge difference with the intent you know, it's it's first degree murder versus manslaughter, and the appropriate prison sentences for each mm-hmm. are different. And so, um, not that Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ do things the same way that that we do here in in the United States, but I think intent is huge. Um, you know, if I accidentally hurt your feelings by saying something that you know, either I didn't know something or it got misconstrued and, and just came out wrong, you know, that's, it, it's hurtful still. So mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. It's, it's still a sin, but, you know, versus if I, you know, intentionally say it, knowing uh, that it's going to get you upset and, and offend you. Mm-hmm. I think there's a huge difference there. And, you know, we need to be mindful um, as you were hinting at that, you know, Hey, if it was an accident, um, you know, let, let's be patient with everybody, mm-hmm. including ourselves. You know, right. we still need to say we're sorry sure. to whoever we've, you know, sinned against, but, um, but then let it go. But if it's an intentional thing, if we really need to look at ourselves and, and have that change of heart, um, that signifies true repentance. Mm-hmm. So I think, as I've thought about patience, I've thought about the the um, the need for patience, and it's certainly easier 
to recognize the need for other people to be patient than it is for us to recognize our own personal need to be patient. But a couple of thoughts that I've had, and we've talked a little bit about the need for us to have patience with ourselves. I think there, and there's probably room for more conversation about that because I think that we are so hard on ourselves for so many different reasons. So there's that. Um, there's a need to be patient with other people also. And I think we've we've danced around that a little bit. But something else that, that I don't know that we've talked much about is the the need to be patient with God. And so I w- I'd like to shift a little bit to that. And um, there's a talk that we've talked a little bit about in the past, um, some comments from Elder Bednar. And I found a, a quote, it's a paragraph from, this is a talk from 2016, Accepting the Lord's Will and Timing. And there's a great story in there, but Elder Bednar says, frequently in the scriptures, the Savior or his servants exercised the spiritual gift of healing. And he, there are some references there. And perceived that an individual had the faith to be healed. But as And two people in the story that he's telling are John and Heather. This is a newly married couple. John had been recently diagnosed with uh, with cancer a few weeks after their their wedding. But as John and I, John and Heather and I counseled together and wrestled with those questions, we increasingly understood that if God's will were for this good young man to be healed, then that blessing could be received only if this valiant couple first had the faith not to be healed. In other words, John and Heather needed to overcome through the atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ the natural man tendency in all of us to demand impatiently and insist incessantly on the blessings we want and believe we deserve. Well, the thing that caught my attention in that paragraph was the word impatiently. Because I, because a lot of times I think when we are sick or when we're needing some kind of a blessing of peace or of hope or of healing or whatever, that we expect... Um, certain things. We have faith. We have faith to be healed. And this concept of having faith to not be healed is something that I have not given a whole lot of thought to. And we've talked briefly about it, CJ and I, and I wanted to to just find out if this is something that, that you've got figured out, <laughs> CJ, or are you in the same boat that I'm in, that having faith to be healed of whatever that means is a lot easier than having faith to not be healed. And tell me what that means to you. So, uh, no, I don't have it figured out yet. Um, I've unfortunately had some experiences in my life uh, that for lots of reasons I won't go into, um, where I've... Forgive me. Ken knows I can't talk about certain things without crying like a baby. <laughs> I'm in the same so boat. Now all of you, I'm in the same boat. Now all of you can uh, <laughs> can know that too. But uh, I've had a couple of two or three instances in my life where I desperately wanted something, and they were good things to want. Mm-hmm. It's not like I desperately wanted that new car, uh, which would do me a whole lot of good, but you know what I mean? It's, it's not like it was something like that. And, uh, and I pled with the Lord. 
and I had a lot of other people pleading with the Lord as well to allow this thing to happen or to not happen or whatever mm-hmm. the case may have been. And uh, for whatever reason, on most of these occasions, um, you know, what I wanted is not what the Lord had in store for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, I think if, if listeners are old enough, you've probably had something like that. Uh, happened to you or to a, a loved one and uh, that can be that can be devastating mm-hmm. um, I've often wondered if I have enough faith to be healed uh, on occasion mm-hmm. and then I, I can't remember if it was this talk or some other uh, quote that I heard about the faith to not be healed, and it just hit me with a ton of bricks. Um, and I've thought a lot about it. And, you know, what does the faith not to be healed mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like how Elder Bednar put it, that uh, through the atonement of Jesus Christ, that we, uh, basically, that we accept God's will and put ours on the shelf. And, uh, uh, and that's really tough to do. Yeah. Um, I'll share a little bit. So, uh, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know that I I'm blind. I don't have any vision at all. And, uh, uh, I lost my sight overnight at the age of 27 and, uh, really tough. And, uh, you know, it took me a long time, uh, probably still getting used to it, to be honest with you, because there are bad days. But uh, there was a time where I thought that maybe I had learned everything that I needed to or could learn from being blind. And you hear these stories all the time about people coming out on the other side of trials and how grateful they are for it. And, uh, and I was a little frustrated when I would hear stories like that because here I am. And <laughs> this trial's not going to end for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it will, but it'll be in the next life. Right. And I got to a point a while ago where I thought, you know, is, is this, am, am I continuing to be in this condition so that other people can, can learn and how it seemed to me a, a bit unfair to put mm-hmm. me through something that's very difficult, uh, so that others could learn. And, uh, I have since come around to hopefully, uh, changing my will uh, to be more like that of, of uh, my Heavenly Father and my Savior. But, uh, but it took a little while. And uh, some remembering that Christ also did everything, mm-hmm. not for himself, but for others. And, uh, but it's got me thinking a lot about the, the faith to not be healed. What does that mean? And, and I think it ties directly into our conversation about patience mm-hmm. um, what I came up with is 
you're going to have these moments in your life where you have a major trial and you've, you've got some choices. Some people get angry at God and turn away and then kind of say, I'm done with you. Mm-hmm. And then there are others who, for whatever reasons they have, choose to use that as an opportunity to get closer to the Lord and to hold on tighter. Yeah. And, uh, and it takes a lot of patience. Um, either way, I think, but I think it may take more patience to hold tighter to the gospel in those situations sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, it's a choice it to is. choose to, uh, to hold on tighter and to stay close to the Lord. And it, it certainly blessed me in my life as I've gone through some really difficult and trying times mm-hmm. um, to have an eternal perspective, um, to know that if I have patience in this life uh, to continue to, you know, struggle through these, these trials that uh, not only can I help others, um, and I've been helped by many others who have been in similar situations as different trials have hit me. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also the rewards on the other end, not that we do this for the rewards, because I always, always hate that when people talk about the rewards, we should do things because it's what heavenly father wants, but, um, but the rewards are there. And right. if, even if it's simply to live with Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, um, it's, you know, it's huge. Mm-hmm. But it takes a lot of faith to not be healed or to see a loved one not be healed. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of patience and a lot of understanding and a lot of getting down on your knees and praying for for patience and understanding as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I say I'm not farther along because I don't have the answers, right? I don't think Heavenly Father provides us the answers a lot of the time in situations like that. He's not going to tell me why. He wants me to, to figure part of that out as uh-huh. I go along. And I'm sure I'll have a few why questions on my long list that I have for him already. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I see him, we can have a nice long discussion. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, first of all, thanks for sharing that. Um, I'll tell you, I've had a very small handful of highly memorable experiences giving blessings. And one I shared early on in the in the podcast where I gained an understanding in a way that I never anticipated to, to know how our Father in Heaven feels about His children. So that's one. Another one, it has to be in the top five, and 
probably in the top two, because I can't think of number three or four, is the, uh, there was this, I remember a Sunday that uh, CJ, you pulled me aside and asked if I would give you a blessing. And I don't know if it was as meaningful to you as it was for me, but I remember, I remember the room we went into. I don't remember who else was there. I remember, it seems like there was somebody else there with us, but um, you had asked me to give you a blessing. You had, and it was kind of that faith to not be healed moment that uh, at least that's the way I saw it, that the kind of the way that I understood your request was, I know this is not going to change for me and I'm trying to accept it. Will you give me a blessing? And that was such a, and I don't, I don't know what made it more, uh, more meaningful than the dozens or hundreds of other blessings that I've given. But for me, that was such a, um, a moment where I felt so close to the spirit and I have no idea what I said. I have no idea if it was in any way helpful to you, but I appreciate you letting me be a part of that experience for you. And I'll say that my life has not had the, nearly the, the some of the struggles that, that you've had. I've certainly had struggles and I've had different ones that, that you probably don't want to go through as well. But, um, it has your the way that you've approached being blind and your interaction with people your interaction with your family your interaction with the world has really been touching and inspiring in in a way that i don't know of anybody else that that has had that kind of an impact on me and that's one of the reasons and it feels um <laughs> a little bit I'm going to say awkward, but it's this, it really is not the right word. But for me to say, this is one of the reasons that I'm convinced that we're as close as we are because we've had some of these, some of these moments that we've been able to share. And, um, I have actually, I have absolutely, and I'm saying this on a podcast, so it's going to be recorded. I could edit it out, I guess, but, um, I have absolutely loved our friendship and I am a better person for knowing you. So thank you for being a part of my life, being a part of the podcast, sharing part of your story and um, letting me, letting me into your world enough to know that some of the goofy things that I do have made a difference for you and your family. No, I, I, uh, once again, this is recorded. Uh, I really appreciate you as a friend, Ken. And, uh, uh, strangely enough, I've had some people question, you know, why I'm a friend with you uh, over the years. And, and that's uh, a valid question. Uh, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I'm sure the same could be said of me. So, uh, no, I've I've appreciated it. I vividly remember the blessing that you just referenced. Um, Corey was the other that's individual right. in the room. And... Uh, such a such a, a neat moment where for me it it was maybe the reason it's so meaningful to me is is I felt like I was witnessing a miracle and it was not a miracle of healing it was a miracle of of faith in a different way of a miracle of 
of acceptance. And I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know if my words are, are, are making sense for what it was for me, but it was, um, it really was a, a pivotal moment for me. I think acceptance is a really good word to use. And you accept the will of God. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to say that you like it. Right. Um, you know, I've, you know, you think of, uh, uh, of a couple that loses a child and how heartbreaking and horrendous that would be. Mm-hmm. And you can come eventually to accept uh, through the atonement of Jesus Christ you know, where they are and and that you'll see them again, but that doesn't make it easier. Well, maybe it makes it a little easier, but it Mm -hmm. doesn't take away the the pain and the frustration uh, of that particular trial. So I think acceptance is a really good word to use. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've gone back and forth with this. My next thought is for a long time, I always felt like I, I couldn't blame Heavenly Father. And I've, I've never really blamed him, but I always thought it was wrong to blame him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I guess I still do. I mean, he doesn't cause bad things to happen to us, but he allows it sometimes. Um, right. And I know it's for our benefit in the long run, in the eternal perspective. Um, but I also have come to realize that if there is anybody that can take uh, me blowing off a little steam and i think this goes back to your your talk about intent mm-hmm. because they perfectly know the intent of my heart right but if there's anybody that can can take each of us blowing off a little bit of steam about our situations. Mm -hmm. It is heavenly father and his son, Jesus Christ. We certainly know through the scriptures that Christ did it once for us. And I think he's more than willing to do it again. Mm -hmm. If, if that's needed. And, uh, so I think that's important to understand as we, because having faith to not be healed, I think is, uh, you know, you say have faith to be healed, and that's kind of a, a faith in the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. You think about, uh, you know, a healing blessing where somebody's miraculously healed. Well, then it's done. Right. But the faith to not be healed, it goes on and on and on. Right. And uh, so I think it's a little bit more of a a struggle in that regard. Right. It's a much, and, more, much longer term faith. Yeah. It really is, and it can be really difficult. And there are times, um, a lot of times, where I find myself, you know, talking to 
the Savior and saying, hey, I, I, wish, I really wish I didn't have to go through this. Mm-hmm. And he reminds me that he felt the exact same way. Mm-hmm. But he persevered and did what he was asked to do, and I need to persevere and, and do what I've been asked to do. Uh, so it's... Uh, A couple things that I have found to be really helpful besides staying close to the Lord and trying to um, trying to stay close enough where the spirit can can communicate with me is is having friends that you can talk to, specifically ones that have gone through whatever you're struggling with mm-hmm. before is huge. Somebody that you can call on the phone or go and hang out with that really understands right. what it feels like is so important. And, and having people treat you not as if nothing's going on, but treating you like everything's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you and I have talked about in this podcast before you uh, asking me if uh, when we first remet, when I moved back into uh, the town we were living in in the same ward, uh, if I wanted to be treated differently mm-hmm. because of my vision. And I said, no. And, uh, and then you let me have it <laughs> and, uh, and you deserved it. But, and, and yeah, cause the first time we met you, you were sighted, you were able to, you yeah. had not lost your sight at that point. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, and, and I don't remember, I was not, uh, on my work schedule at that point when I was sighted and we were in the same ward, I don't know how often I was in the ward. It wasn't too terribly often because of my work schedule. Uh, and, but when I came back, it was different. And I don't know how much and, our, uh, our paths crossed. The great thing though, CJ, is I can tell you, I look like anybody I want. And... <laughs> <laughs> You have no idea. So I think we've I done always, this. <laughs> yeah, when that happens, I tell you, I always listen for the wives to start laughing hysterically <laughs> in the background. That's, that's usually I, a dead giveaway that uh, whatever you're telling me is. That's why I don't let Marcy in the room when we're talking. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I. it's such a struggle to have the faith to not be healed. Mm-hmm. And. It's a choice that we make every day. And I think healing is is not necessarily the only thing. I think healing is, uh, that's an easy thing to look at, but we've got other things in our lives where it's not a a sickness healing type situation, but there are things where we struggle with whatever it is. And having that that longer term faith is absolutely a, a challenge. We've talked in a previous episodes about my son who's decided to step away from the church and not knowing what that means my family dynamic looks like in the next life, but having faith to not be healed, meaning having faith that it's going to be okay. And faith is such a, an interesting, an interesting way to, to live. Um, my, I remember my dad telling me that, that as he was trying to 
to understand what faith was, was it took him years of praying and studying to, to gain an understanding that was uh, to his satisfaction. And I'm not sure that I'm there where I really understand. I've learned some things that have really impacted my life on uh, understanding what faith is. But I, I love the comment that you made that it's a longer-term faith. The faith to be healed is once that healing happens, then the faith is no longer necessary. At that point, it's knowledge. But the faith not to be healed requires a long-term investment in, a, in your relationship with the Savior. It does. And I love your comment about it not just being about healing, um, you know, about your son. I, you know, you, you have a, uh, you know, a brother or sister who's, who is of age and desperately wants to get married mm -hmm. and for whatever reason hasn't found the right person yet. And the amount of faith that that takes um, can be, you know, devastating, just as hard as my situation. Sure. And, you know, situations like yours where you desperately want something that you know Heavenly Father wants, and yet, um, it, you know, it hasn't happened yet. It may never happen, mm -hmm. but you never know. And the faith that that takes to put it in God's hands and say, you know, I'll do what you want, but if you want me just to step back, then I'll do that. And mm -hmm. that, that takes an awful lot of faith, too. Yeah. It really does. This has been such a great conversation. I have benefited. I've I've gotten. I loved some of the insights that you've shared. I appreciate you sharing the the um, a little bit about your story and um, your thoughts about the faith not to be healed. Thanks so much for being a part of this, CJ. Even though <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to go with that. Even though I've oh, been so as horrible places. to you as I have been, <laughs> I, I'm not that bad. I'm not as bad as Abby. Oh, I, I well, stand by that. Let's, I don't know if we want to start comparing <laughs> the uh, the the meanness of you and Abby. Oh, uh, that might be a tie. I, I don't know. Yeah, well, that we'll have to have Allison on the Allison and you on to uh, to make all the corrections. She's probably up to three episodes now that she needs to. To correct everything. Yeah, it'll take us a, lot, a long, long <laughs> while to uh, to get through all the corrections we need to make. So, well, I want to thank Sarah for her her uh, willingness to uh, share her or to let me share the patient story, and then also uh, thanks CJ for for being part of this. If you have thoughts or ideas about things that you'd like to hear us talk about, uh, feel free to reach out. Ken at chocolatecakebites.com, and I would be happy to hear from you. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Chocolate Cake Bites. Please like, share, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear your comments and ideas, and you can reach out to me at ken at chocolatecakebites.com. And before you end the day, take a few minutes to consider, who do you know who needs chocolate cake? <laughs>